0: A show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Welcome
1: to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. Like Jeff, I'm also a certified financial planner professional. The show is all about helping you discover what matters most and helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with your goals. We combine excellence in wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. Jeff Bernier is the founder, president, and chief investment officer of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area. So, all right, Jeff, it's great to be back with you again. How are you during this strange
2: time? Well, you know, we're, we're good, Mike. I hope you are. I, I know, uh, you know, I hope your team's doing well. It's, it's great to have college football on again. It's starting to feel like fall a little bit here in the South finally. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm here in the SEC country and it looks like uh, the big 10 is cranking uh, back up in a few weeks. And of course, the Irish are, are playing an ACC schedule and competing for a championship. I mean, how, how weird is that?
1: Well, it is weird. And <laughs> I, and I, it, by competing for a championship, hopefully we compete a little bit better than the last time we played Clemson in the college football playoff. There wasn't much competing going on. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. what the Irish have uh
2: how deep they are. We'll see. It's a new year, man. It's a new year. But uh yeah, but we are here in early October recording this. And obviously there is a lot of noise about the election. I, I know. I and I joked right before we turned the recorder on. You know,
1: what is it an election year? I can't <clears throat> I can't really remember. <laughs> yeah. This is this is yeah, very I, interesting times.
2: Yes, it is very interesting times. And you know 2020 Has been has been quite a year. I saw a funny picture on the Internet a week or so ago of from the movie Back to the Future. Dr. Brown, who was the crazy, the crazy doctor. He he told Marty, whatever you do, don't go back to 2020. You know, so it is. It has been. It has been crazy. I know. I know, and it's almost
1: interesting because it's very possible. Many people are worried about is still there more craziness to come, even though we've only got a couple more months left. And obviously, part of that is yeah is in regards to the election. And you know, are are you getting a lot of questions about the election and the markets and how they impact each other?
2: Yeah. Yes, we. You know. Yes, we are. And you know, it seems like there's a heightened sense of negativity on not just the election, but just so many things. And and it's certainly understandable. I mean, we've had a global pandemic. We've had these racial, um, tensions and, um, uh, and uprisings in some of these major cities. And, you know, obviously we've got a very contentious heated political debate that sometimes gets personal, which is very disappointing, of course. And, you know, I, but I guess, you know, I'm a rational optimist. Um, and, and I guess today that's kind of a contrarian view. I, I know mean, you have to be irrational um, to
1: be an optimist these days. <laughs> I
2: think. N- well, I, I guess. I don't think so. I really think if you study history, you, you would be a rational optimist. Obviously, if you watch the news every single night and you had that on all day, you could certainly be a pessimist. But if you study history long enough, I think you, would be a, uh, you could be a rational optimist. And that's really, you know, we talked about that back on episode um uh, six and season two, when we talked about factfulness, uh, the book, uh, from Hans Rosling on why things are actually better than you think. And none of those trends have significantly changed. And uh, so I think the world is still, is still a pretty good place, but you know, this election season, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty messy. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I remember that,
1: that show, um, candidly because it, it just served personally as a reminder to me that no things, things are actually better Yet we find ourselves extremely divided as a country. and um i mean, do you do you think this time is different in terms of the volume of diff- of disagreement and and therefore, you know we should react differently to what's going on right now?
2: Yeah, well, a couple of comments on that. Um, I mean, it it is different in in this sense. I mean, I just we had a webinar just last night with a guest from Fidelity that we can talk a little bit about later if we if we want to, but um, he quoted some statistics from a Pew Research poll that talked about um, people who declare as Republicans, they give our president an 88% approval. Um, And those that identify as Democrat, uh, give our president 8%, 8% of Democrats give our president a positive approval and 88% Republican. And that's the largest Delta going back for six decades in terms of how few of the other party um, judges them as, as being reasonable, I guess. Uh, wow. So there, so it's different. And since there is that divide, but I think, uh, but I think, you know, we're in this 24 seven news world and social media where everyone can broadcast their opinion. And so we, I think we look more divided sometimes than maybe we are. And, you know, and also, you know we're in this world where capital can move you know rapidly but but my history or my study of history at least is when you look back at previous times i think there's been a lot of political disagreement and some of it violent through a lot of our history so i don't think that that's that's all that new but but it does seem like politics dominates every area of life today you can't you can't seem to get away from it and and i'm thinking as advisors we might as well get used to this environment i don't think much is going to change for the foreseeable future, regardless of how the election turns out in terms of people being really divided and having strong opinions and making rash, um, unfortunate emotional financial decisions, because, again, they can move their capital very easily today at virtually no cost.
1: That's right. All right. Well, I mean, sounds yeah. like a perfect discussion to discuss, you know, to, to talk about today, right?
2: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, again, given, you know, given the timing of today's show and and having a conversation around markets and elections might be, might be helpful. And as I mentioned, um, you know, the election is just a few short weeks away. Uh, And, you know, um, like I said, we hosted a a webinar last night that was very well received in in terms of at least um, understanding the landscape politically a bit. Um, So, you know, so I think it'd be good to, to address some of the questions we're getting. Yeah. Well, Let's do it. Where do you want to start? Well, I I think I'm going to start with, um, you know, you can't really have one of these podcasts without a good Warren Buffett quote. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I quote Mr. Buffett a lot, Uh, but he was quoted once as saying, if you mix politics with your investment decisions, you're making a huge mistake. Um, so I, I think I would just leave. I would lead with that, I think. OK, so
1: I, I am guessing that you're going to ed, give that advice then to our our listeners. They
2: should just turn a deaf ear to politics. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's realistic. I mean, so, no, I, I really don't think uh, it's realistic or wise uh, to just ignore politics or ignore Um, kind of what's going on in our country. I mean, it's really important stuff we're dealing with here. So I think we all need to study the issues and study the candidates and and obviously vote for candidates that we believe align with our values and our philosophy. But it seems today, uh, you know, a lot of us are having a hard time following the late Judge Ginsburg's admonition, which was, you can disagree without being disagreeable. Mm. So, so no, I think we ought to be plugged Mm. in, but we ought to be civil about it. Um, But I think we also need to think about uh, separating investment market forecasting and financial planning strategy, because um, you know, we are convinced that there are no good forecasters um, because the future is unknowable, unpredictable, there are a lot of forecasters, but they're, you know, they don't prove to be any better than random guesses in terms of the capital markets. And I believe that sincerely, Uh, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't think ahead about financial planning strategy. And so I think we ought to separate um, investment decisions around elections and transition and, and politics but once we know the outcomes, I think we absolutely have to think ahead about potential changes as it relates to financial planning decisions.
1: So so in that manner, I mean, do you think this time is different?
2: Well, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, we've talked about this a lot and that it's always different in specific ways, but I don't think people are that different. And I believe the capital markets are resilient. So when we talk about is this time different in terms of of the capital markets, I, d- I don't think so. I mean we've been through we've been through much worse, um, despite what we're being told. I mean, heck, every four years when the election rolls around, we're being told it's the most important election in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I think I've heard that through three or four or five election cycles at this at this point. Uh, and you know, it's politicians trying to you know create a heightened sense of doom that if you vote for the other guy, you know, it's going to be the end of the world. And and I get that. That's what politicians do. Um, but no, I don't believe, I don't believe it's that different in terms of uh, markets uh, because again, markets are driven by people. Uh, if you remember Daniel Crosby, one of our guests that we did behavioral finance in a deep dive, he said, you know, individual behavior, is the micro unit of the of the market? Mm-hmm. It's the deciding factor in the aggregate of the market, and so i don't I don't think people are that different, so no, I don't think it's that different in terms of the market
1: so uh, yeah. so if someone I, apparently there's trillions of dollars sitting in cash waiting for this most important election of our lifetime since four <laughs> years ago right and so if someone right. called you today and said, hey I, I need to make, I want to make a dramatic change." To, to my investment plan based on who wins the election or who has control of Congress. Maybe an expert on TV told them, hey, so-and-so is going to win. If that happens, the market is going to crash. So how, how do you respond to that?
2: Well, when that, and, that, and that happens occasionally, not, not that frequently because of the, the work that we do with our clients and collaborating on building the plan in the first place. But when someone calls with those concerns, I think the first thing we, we really have to do is, is hear them. And be empathetic to their feelings because these are, I mean, these are not um, unfounded concerns in the sense that it's their feelings, and so it's the, if it's the way you feel, they're not wrong. I just think they may they may they may not be uh, you you just may not want to act on them. That's right. And given the forces, yeah. And so just acknowledge that this is real. We, we all have concerns about different things. And this just happens to be one that you have right now. So we should we should try to understand that first of all and, and not just ignore it and saying it's foolish, because it's not. I mean, they feel you feel what you feel. And but given and then and it's reasonable. I mean, given the noise and the, the things that are stoking fear in terms of the, the news and the and and the and the debate, uh, they're certainly easier to understand. Um, uh, but I'd also you know, beware of bold predictions about the impact on markets of one candidate or the other. I mean, um, you know, all you have to do is look, look back to 2016. I mean, it, you know, I mean, we have short memories, but if you just think back to 2016, it's a pretty good example. I mean, the night of the election as more states started reporting and it looked like Trump uh, might win the futures tanked. I mean, the futures markets went down 5% really fast. Um, in anticipation of a Trump victory. So the market viewed the quote market or, or people that were making trades or uh, in the futures market, at least, making bets in the futures market were, were predicting it was a bad outcome for the markets for Trump to win. And there was massive selling and the market went down 5%, triggering circuit breakers and a halt to trading and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but by the time the market had closed the day after the election, the index was already up 1%. And for the following week, it was up almost 5.5%. Um, so sentiment can change really fast, which has no basis in rational, theoretical capital market projections. It's just the way people are voting in the very short term, which is noisy and unpredictable and unknowable.
1: I, I So we, we all have short-term memory, and I think <laughs> – Investors have this case of amnesia, you know, and and I'm victim as well. Like we all just, just me too. Even even thinking back to, oh gosh, remember that that election was so lopsided. Um, Hillary had no chance of losing, and yet she did. And and yet today we we think, oh well, of course, you know that that's how it was going to play out, and no way. So, uh, so we all just have short-term memories. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we do. And, uh, so back to your question, if someone called, um, wanting to make a major change, as I mentioned, the first thing I would do is just try to hear their concerns and hear and try to understand the question behind the question, you know, what are they afraid of and just try to accept, you know, that they're human beings and these are real emotions. Uh, but the next thing I do, I think would just, um, Um, you know, counsel them, first of all, just to calm down. Let's think through it. Uh, So in other words, do we always do evaluate your financial plan, your risk profile, your time horizon. And of course, we talk all the time. I mean, we think your time horizon is your life expectancy. So for most people that we work with, we're talking about 20, 30, maybe 40 years that we're dealing with here. So number one, calm down. And number two, uh, you know, just like Mr. Buffett had said, you know, take your political convictions completely out of your investment decision making. You know, the mistake I think that a lot of investors make is thinking that the policies of the president are really tightly correlated with the stock market. And there's no basis, uh, in fact, in that conviction. I mean, it's natural for investors to look for a connection between who wins the White House and which way the market goes. But a nearly a century of returns show that stocks have trended upward across administrations of both parties. And, you know, shareholders are investing in companies, not a political party, and companies focus on serving their customers and growing their businesses, regardless of who's in the White House. And and so U.S. presidents, uh, you know, may have an impact on, um, you know, on market returns on the periphery, but actions of foreign leaders, global pandemic, interest rate changes, rising and falling oil prices, technological advances, a lot of other things affect the market as well. Um, and really, I mean, again, all you gotta do is look back the last three elections. Uh, I mean, I just, I took, I took a look back at from election night when Obama won his first term to the end of his first term, the market compounded at twelve and a half percent a year. And, I I remember distinctly in March of 09, I was at a conference and I had the news on the background. The president was on TV essentially saying that if you were a bondholder in General Motors bonds, you need to come to the table and let us renegotiate your bonds. So he was telling people that had a legal binding contract that they were not good guys if they didn't renegotiate the contract. Now, I don't mean that to be a political statement, but that was kind of the theme. Mm -hmm. That You know, you got to take one for the team kind of mentality. And that disturbed me greatly, by the way. Hmm. I was very concerned about that because when we start, when politicians start uh, trying to deal with legal contracts, the two parties in an open, free decision, which a bondholder does when they buy a bond, they lent money to a company with a contract. So I I was very concerned, but if I would acted on that, I would have missed out the the second four years of Obama's term was 12% returns. Um, So from his first election night to the second election night, the the market compounded about 12%. From the second one to the end of his second term, the market compounded about 12%. So if you act on these concerns, I would have missed out on a lot of, which I didn't because I knew – that, you know, uh, everything I'm preaching today. And then finally, of course, Trump's term. I mean, Trump, from election night, uh, when Trump was elected to last, uh, uh, to the end of September, the markets compounded about 14% a year. So if you had acted on your political beliefs based on who's in the White House, you would have missed out on some pretty significant returns that would have been really costly. The next thing I would say is no matter who gets elected, nor what his policies are, Superior companies get up every day and try to add value to their shareholders. They're working in their best interest. And, you know, and no matter who gets elected, I mean, in November 2024, the entire House of Representatives and a third of the Senate will have to face voters again. And so the way our system of government works is if um, a president or a Congress moves too far in one direction, they usually they usually face the wrath of the voters and and we pull it back. You know, this pendulum just swings, swings back and forth. Uh, The next thing I would I guess I would say is that, you know, you can't predict much less time what the smart stock market will do around elections. But, you know, don't feel bad about that. No, nobody, nobody else can either. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I would just say is just remind investors that, um, you know, based on consensus earnings, corporate earnings for next year, for 2021. You know, 2020 is a wash. I mean, kind of a washout. We're trying to figure things out. But if you just look at projected earnings for next year, uh, the yield on the market is almost 5%. So the yield on the on stocks is almost 5%. That's basically just the, the inverse of the P-E ratio. So it's earnings divided by price, which is just the yield on stocks, is close to 5%. And last I checked, uh, the aggregate bond index yield was about 1.2% before inflation, which means it's about 0.08 after inflation. So the point I'm making here is I still believe being a shareholder in the world's great businesses is still the best game in town and you gotta be in it. You gotta participate in being a shareholder in the world's great businesses. So I know that sounded like a, a long lecture here, but those are the main points that I would make to an individual who feels like they want to make policy but really the main and probably the most important one is just go back to your plan and lengthen your perspective Mm -hmm. because you know we're talking about 20 30 maybe 40 years of history here ahead of you and we don't want to make a mistake based on our political views or a newsletter or some guy on tv trying to get eyeballs um, that makes you want to take uh, action that's not rational
1: yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hear that as lecturing at all. It, and maybe you know, <laughs> I, I, it it sounds more like just a, you know steady reasoning. And I actually saw. Uh, I was doing some research this past week, and I saw mm-hmm. some other folks that have a podcast uh, that I just like to follow, and they showed thirty year rolling returns. So that's some geeky stuff there. But I mean, it's just looking over (laughs) um, 30 years out, 30 years out, 30 years out, what has the market, how's it performed? It's unbelievably stable. And if you're investing for the long term in the world's great enterprises, like you often say, Jeff, that is, that's quite stable. Now, any, from any moment, any all sorts of things are influencing that. But the long term returns are extremely stable. So and they're resilient. It, it, they are. And so right. uh, very, very helpful. Any any final thoughts while we right. wrap up today's discussion about some emotional uh, emotional things?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure we sound like a broken record, but I would just continue to caution that when you radically change your long term portfolio because of current events even if you tell yourself, um, you know, I'm just going to do it this one time or or just briefly, and then I'll get back in when things get more normal, you, you're really not investing anymore. In my view, you're gambling. And, you know, investing for the long term is a high probability um, exercise. Um, and short term timing based on any factor uh, is really risky in my view in gambling. So that would be, I guess, my final my final thought, um, you know, play the long game and 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 trust uh, the, the resilient nature of the capital markets. I guess would be my final thoughts. That's great.
1: That that's you know, it, uh, broken record. Yes, but wisdom, absolutely, <laughs> and and great reminders. So so thanks, Jeff. All right, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. Hope you found today's discussion helpful. If you did, do me a favor, head over to iTunes and give the show a rating. And you can also check out previous episodes right there as well. You can find every previous episode as well as Jeff's blog at www.tandemgrowth.com forward slash perspectives. All right. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at tandemgrowth.com. or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, and SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.